Good morning. Man, welcome to Christ Community Day. Glad you're here. We've kind of changed it up this morning, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word with you, so I'm really excited about that. So if you've got a copy of the Scriptures, if you'd go ahead and open your Bibles to Psalm 1. Uh, today I'm going to be traveling to our Troy campus to speak to our students there, and uh, we've uh, got an extended time of worship on the other side. It's going to be a, just a great service. They've been working really hard and uh, so that great that first song, I'm so glad. So many of you, it's spring break. A lot of folks are on the road, but man, you're here, and I'm grateful for that. Looking at Psalm 1 with me, if you've got the Bible, hopefully you're handing a, a worship guide when you came in. I, I got a question here. How many of you have a Bible? Hold your Bibles up if you got them. How many of you got them? Outstanding. Now turn to the person next to you. Say, where's yours? No, no, don't, don't, don't do that. But I want you to bring them. This morning, I believe in the Bible. Man, the Bible is, uh, is it's a bestseller. No, the Bible is the bestseller all time of all books. And, you know, if you go to your house, you, you've got multiple copies. As a pastor, I've probably got 100 copies of the Scripture in different translations and stuff. But in your house, you've probably got five, six, seven Bibles possibly we go to other parts of the world, and you can't even find one copy for a village. So we have the Word of God. But this morning, I want to talk to you about, I believe, in the Bible. How important the Bible is to nourish our soul and to give us spiritual strength and leadership. Um, there's no rival to the Bible. There's no equal to the Bible. It, it stands alone. Abe Lincoln once said that the Bible is the best gift that was ever given to man. It's a great book. I mean, you know, Abe Lincoln was a man that had a log cabin that read by candlelight. I don't know about you, but if, if you're 50 years and older and you don't have to stand up, how many of you like light when you read? Yeah, I mean, lots of light, man. You're, you're trying to flood it. Well, this morning, the power of the Word. And I just ask you a question. Has the Word gotten into you? Have you gotten into the Word? But the other question is, has the Word gotten into you? It's so important. I mean, I don't want you to walk away here guilty and feeling ashamed. Now, the truth is, if, if we we're honest, a lot of you say, man, I don't really read the Bible very much, or I don't really understand it. Well, let today be a beginning, a genesis for you, that you begin to get into God's Word, that you begin to see the benefits of internalizing God's Holy Word. Um, in Psalm 119, we're going to look at Psalm 1, but in Psalm 119, verse 18, I want you to write it down. It says, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. The psalmist knew that God's precepts, that God's statutes were trustworthy, that they would stand the test of time and how they've stood since the time of the Psalms of the Hebrew writings to today. And that this morning I'm praying that God would just tear the bandages off of your eyes if you don't have eyes to see. That today he would give you sight to see, but he would give you insight and revelation into his word. You know what gives me great comfort? We have a teacher. He's the blessed Holy Spirit. And in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. And he is your resident teacher that comes to reside and to teach you and to remind you. I'm there just to, to amplify and to magnify and to hold up and to teach. But the ultimate teacher is the Holy Spirit. And he gives us authority here. And I want to ask you a couple of things. Just right out there, the word observation. I just want to say this quickly. When you do an observation, you need to begin to observe the scriptures and say, what does it say? What does it say to me? What's the most important term in this verse? Begin to get some Bible tools and a, a Bible dictionary and some concordances. And now 
uh, with the, the computers and internet and the explosion of software. I mean, you have access of stuff that it took me going to seminary to try to get. And it's amazing, even the books I was trained in, I'm finding now I can go to the computer and can find it so much quicker, even though I like books. I, I love to buy books. But you can find so much as you begin to study. And, and when you read Scripture, begin to... Let me just say this to you. When you read and you begin to zero in on a verse... Read the preceding verse, verses before. Read the verses that follow. Get Scripture in context. And the church said, because a lot of times we, we just take it out of text. It's just kind of a pretext, and we just take it. And the thing is, if you're not careful, you can make the Word pretty much say what you want it to say within reason, but you need to begin to read it in the context and the totality of the Word. You know, a thing that I pray every week, Holy Spirit, give me illumination as I study your word to teach and to speak to God's people. Because that's what we need. We need the words of life. We need the words of Jesus. But not just to preach and teach. Just for the nourishment of our soul every day. Uh, another question to ask yourself by observation, just right in there. What's the main verb? What's God trying to say? Is there an action to take here? Is there something for me to do? James would go, don't be mere hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. It's important to listen to Christian radio and to have Christian books and to read the Bible and to hear the Bible, but I want you to begin to get into it for yourself that we can become doers. In 2012, we're trying to look at different ways that we can be really become the body of Christ the way biblically Jesus would have us. Here's a thought. It takes time to be holy. You have to slow down. You know, we live in an instant society. I want everything. I wanted it yesterday, at least right now. I don't want to wait. Every time I read the word waiting in the scripture or about patience, it's very difficult for my personality, but it's so needed for you and for me. And we have to wait. You know, spiritual maturity doesn't just happen. Spiritual maturity takes a lifetime. Spiritual maturity takes time to mature the spiritual man, the spiritual woman. And I beg us to slow down and let God's word get into us. Listening. And, and James the, it's implied there that listening is, deceives us. If that's, if that's all we do, we're just, we deceive ourselves. We don't really get into the fullness of God's Word. 1 Corinthians 8, 1, if you want to write it down, it talks about knowledge puffs person up. We want Bible knowledge. My prayer is that you'll get knowledge of God's Word. And that's so important. But if all you do is to read to get Bible theology, to get Bible knowledge, and to walk away and to never be a doer, to never put God's Word in a service, you've deceived your self. So it's important that we study, that we get into it, that, because I think people that have Bible knowledge, they have an inflated view of themselves of what spiritual maturity is. I've met lost people. I've met very carnal believers that have a pretty good grasp of God's Word, but they don't do it. So there seems to be some hypocrisy. James would say, when you look into a mirror, ignore it and go on your way. Not what he says. When, this morning, when you got up, how many of you looked in a mirror? Well, that's kind of weird. Well, that explains a lot to me as I'm looking at some of you. No, no, no. You got up and you went and you looked in the mirror and you adjusted. You did something about it. For you women, you put on some makeup and lipstick and all those fun things. And if you're a guy, if you did that, we need to talk to you. we got a group for you this week. And you begin to do things. Well, when you look into God's mirror, God's mirror is his word. What do you do? You let it read you. You say, God, what are you saying to me? God, 
how do you want to convict me? God, how do you want to change me? God, what's your word for me in this situation? God, speak truth to me. How many of you believe this is infallible truth from the word of God? Amen. This book. Man, it's no guessing or hoping or thinking or reckoning. It's God's absolute truth for our life. And my prayer is that we'll begin to become people of the book and we do it. So you don't get holy in a hurry. Joshua 1.8, just write the verse down quickly. What does it say to us there? He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything and all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Don't let God's word sit on the shelf. Don't let God's word be a thing of your youth. Let God's word be a thing of every day of your life. Every morning I know when I rise and I begin to get into God's word and at night and throughout the day, I need his word and so do you to have the nourishment that God has for us. Write down a verse here, Proverbs 23, 7. And basically the thought there is you're not what you think you are, what you think you are. Those things that we think, those things that we begin to meditate on, that's what we are. When we begin to have a transformed thinking by the word of God, that's what we become. And if we never meditate, if we never begin to look at God's word, we can begin to believe the lies of the enemy, of the deceiver. We can believe, begin to believe the lies. Hey, do you have any friends? Don't raise your hands. Do you have any people in your life that would speak something false to you? Sure, we've all had those. Man, we got them now. Get some new friends. No, what I'm saying is they'll, they'll mess you up. And you need to come back and say, God, what do you say? Especially when you're going through school. And this whole thing about bullying today, isn't it amazing? The whole power of being a bully and what it does. And maybe somebody in this room were bullied and you've overcome that. Or maybe you're still dealing with that. You know, it, it, it's sad. I mean, we, we do become what people say about us. But when we begin to see what God says about us, that's the truth of his word. Now, let's look at this Psalm 1 that I told you to look at this morning. Psalm chapter 1. What a great psalm. And I'm going to read it out of the NLT. It says it a little bit different than the... Uh, NIV that I've been studying all week, but listen to this. It says, Oh, the joys, or yours says, Blessed is the man of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But, verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, as we begin to look at that, you begin to see there's a, a day and night pattern being established by the psalmist, by us that say we follow God. And there's this meditation thought here. Now, Eastern meditation teaches this. Eastern meditation says, empty your mind and begin to get filled. Well, that's a little bit scary. But biblical meditation would simply say to you, fill your mind with the truth of God's word. I'm not saying let's all go get an empty mind. That's a little scary. Have you ever met any empty-minded people? <laughs> yeah, I have. And God says, let this word saturate your mind and your heart and your soul. Let this word begin to revive your soul and your life. Let this word begin to speak what you are and who you're becoming in Jesus Christ. God, make us people of the book, of the absolute truth of your holy word. Here in this psalm, there's the doctrine of the two ways. There's a uh, in poetry here, there's a thing called parallelism. And basically it's saying the same thing or a variety of the same things in two linked lines. And he has in there uh, the word walk, stand, and sit. And then he goes, the counsel, the way, the seat, the wicked, the sinners, the mockers. 
It's just kind of a repetitive way of trying to say something, of trying to reinforce, of trying to get our attention. And here's what the psalmist would say. Find your joy in the Word of God. Delight yourself in God's Word. And out of that then will come, like by the streams of living water, you will flourish and you will bear fruit. John 15, you're to abide in Christ and Christ in you. And to bear what? A little fruit? Much fruit, great, enormous fruit. So God wants us to get into his word. There's a message truth I've just put on here this morning. God's word has the power to what? To transform our lives. Don't just read to gain information, but press on to know him. To know him in an intimate manner. Get to know the goodness of God. Begin to let it saturate you. Um, in, In this region of the Middle East, you begin to see dusty area sand grit flying kind of sounds like south texas or something and yet in contrast to that there's a tree now you wouldn't really see a lot of trees there you see a lot of barren land and but and where that tree is it's by a stream of water and it begins to flow it begins to produce it means this when you and i are rooted in god's word we get intimate with him we begin to bear the fruit of the holy we begin to become like god his his uh we are able to overcome the storms. I don't know about you, but I have storms that come to my life, and I know you do, and some of you call me, and some of you come by, and some of you will come by this week and next month, and there'll be some things, and you'll need perspective. And where we're going to ultimately find perspective is in God, in His Word, what He has to say to us, how the, the prescription for life. I want to give you a couple of verses. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It is not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. That's what God wants for you and me. In Matthew 3, 12, though, listen to this. He says, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering its wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. See, when we don't abide, when we don't have a relationship with Christ, we're like that chaff. There, there's no value. You know, when the, when the farmer would, would throw up and what would come down would be the seed and the chaff would just kind of break away and it would just be caught by the wind, it would blow away. And that's the way our lives would be without Jesus Christ. When there's no walk with God, you're just, you're just chaff. You're, you're worthless. There, there's not much to you. And there's this tension of your soul. Sometimes we feel like chaff, and sometimes we feel like a tree planted by the water. And I don't know where you are this morning. You might say, Pastor, I'm like the tree planted by the water. And you might say, no, I'm like the chaff, man. My life just doesn't have much of substance or maturity. I'm just kind of blowing wherever it leads. But blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. Get insight. Let me just say this to you quickly. Some people always go, well, I don't do this. And I don't do that. I hadn't done that for two years. And I hadn't done that for 20 years. And I hadn't done that for five minutes. And I hadn't done that. And and that's part of being a Christian. But I think the Christian life is so much more about doing. How about you? Okay, oh, I I don't do drugs. And I I don't do this. And I don't do that and that and that. Well, that's good. But what are you doing? It's Christ beginning to form you and to dwell in you. And you're beginning to do his plan, his way. Uh, when he talks about meditate, I did some study on this. And there's an expression we've always used. I'm just chewing the, the cud. Now, yesterday, and, and I'm fixing to ride to Troy, and I'm fixing to go look at some right now. Right now, 231, I'm going to look over there. Yep, they're chewing the cud. And, and a cow is an interesting animal. They, they taste real good, and they give milk. <laughs> they do all those things. 
but they have some uh, gross habits, if you will. They have this thing because they're in, the way their body's made and the enzymes in them, they, they, they can eat a little bit, but then they, as it goes down, it has to come back up. They regurgitate. And as I was studying about cows this week, I learned that cows chew about 30,000 times a day. And for about eight hours, all they do is they eat, and they throw it up, and they swallow it again. Oh, man, doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. But they chew the cud. And, and a cow that doesn't chew the cud is not very healthy, and they tend to die, and they don't tend to get very big. And here's what the psalmist, I think, would say to us. Let's chew the cud. Let's get into God's Word. Let's begin to meditate on it and let it get in us. And you're saying, well, that's kind of gross illustration. But chew the cud. Let the Word get into you. Let it, let it form in you deeply where it really begins to produce life and health. Uh, the healthy nutrition. You could go to the doctor. You could get a vitamin pack to give you greater nutrients in your body to, to build you up. Oh, the Word gives nutrients to the soul. Let me give you practical steps to meditation real quick. i got to do this quickly. Practical steps to meditation. Uh, you know what? I don't even have my clicker, so I hope y'all are going to get ready for this. Y'all help me out. Thank you. Number one, get a Bible. And get one in the translation you love and the translation you can understand. If it's time for people not to use the excuse, I don't understand King James English, or I don't understand this, or I'm not a Bible scholar, get a translation from God's Word that you can understand, begin to read it, because, uh, and, and then I would say to you this, this is for me, I've been walking with Christ over three decades. Familiarity breeds contempt. Sometimes when you read in the same translation, you get too familiar. Change up your translation this year, but begin to get in God's Word every day, and God's people said, number two, Find a spot. Find a spot where you can pull away with Jesus and, and you can take that first bite and you just begin to get into his word. You just slow down. You find that desk, that table, that closet, that place on the porch, the place in the woods. I don't know where it is for you, but you just begin to slow down. One time, I, I, I've often heard this from young moms. Moms, one of their number one places to get God's word and this sounds a little crass, but, it's just, but they understand, is on the commode. Close the door, leave mom alone. And the church said, man, that's a hint for you. Leave her alone. Her and Jesus are in there. Just trying to, if you're not a woman, you probably didn't understand that. Women are like, oh, preach it, pastor. I like when you help us. Okay. Read the word repeatedly. You know what I do? I read it, especially as I'm studying, I read it over and over and over. I chew the cud. Ugh. Read it. Let it get into you. You're not going to get it the first time. Read it. I mean, when I was going to seminary, I would read chapters sometimes five times, not because I was trying to let it transform me, because I didn't understand it. You know, these words about this long, and I could come out here every weekend, and I could give you the great theological words I've learned over the years, and you'd be like... I mean, it just ain't going to thrill you, okay? And they're great biblical concepts, but we begin to chew the word. Let me get the third one. You get the tools you need in hand. Now, this morning, there's something, there's only, there's only like 25 of them out there, and you don't have to get them, but we went to a lot of trouble. Here it is. Isn't this cool? The Christ Community Journal. It's got a special sticker on there, it's got a red and a blue pen. These are like two bucks out there while they last. If not, let me give you a hint. Don't worry. Don't fret. Oh, Pastor, I didn't get one. I'm not going to be able to walk with God. I'm going to go to hell. No, 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 you're not going to hell. You just might feel like you're going to hell. Here, here's what I want you to do. 
Go to the Dollar Tree. Go to Walmart. You can create your own, okay? Come see me. We'll get you a sticker. But it's not like we're going to a dentist or something. But here's the deal. What I want you to do is I want you to get a red and I want you to get a blue pen. That is an important room. And what I want you to do for the next 30 days, I want you to write down in blue, I want you to write down just what God's, uh, what, what he's showing you, what, what you're expressing your heart back to him. But I want you to take the red pen and I want to write you to write down what he says to you through the scripture, what he impresses on your heart. Maybe he gives you a scripture. And then end of the week, the end of 30 days, I want you to go and see what you've got most of, red or blue. Are you doing all the talking or is Father God speaking to you? Just a simple tool. These are going to be available right there at the visitor center, right at the service. Jeff, I hope you or somebody will remind them because they might forget. Number four, just relax. Just relax. Enjoy God's word. Enjoy his holy presence. Just be with him. Jeremiah 29, 13. When you come looking for me, you'll find me and you want it more than anything else. Then I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you want God more than anything else, God promises that he will meet you at that place. Feed your soul.